featuring the creator and lead host of Clutch Crew Sports, Zach. Unfortunately, uh, Eric is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and uh, he went through a pretty rough postseason watching uh, my Portland Trailblazers pretty well dismantle his team, so... <laughs> Dang, okay, um, I did, did not realize we were going to go into that. <laughs> you sure you didn't lose your train of thought by looking at this picture here? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Zach really likes Alex Morgan. Also featuring Eric, I'm a co-host. I specialize in NFL and NBA. If a topic upsets me enough, I'm going to rant about it. So, if Cincinnati you know, wants to turn this around. They've got a few pieces that they can start with and then try to rebuild and get some more draft picks and get some younger talent in there and start it now. Just to face it now that you're going to suck and try to <laughs> try to fix it for the future. For people that want to say Steph is an all-time great or one of the greatest players of her, uh, even maybe the greatest player of all time, how can you really say that, though, if he would have four championships and not have been the finals MVP in any of them? Also featuring Connor, the number one co-host. And I'm going to lock that. I'm back, baby. If you're not going to do it, I'll double lock Middleton because everything I've read has been that he's the number one priority for the Bucks. Like... In their minds, they could forget Brogdon and, and Lopez. They need to get Middleton back. I'm locking this one because I've got oh, my survival oh, okay. pick. I, I need to write this down on a piece of paper. Yep, that yep. is locking Denver being Chicago. Hello, everybody. Back here with another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about college football week 10 we're gonna show you guys some of the more important games and what the ramifications are going to be like for the college football playoffs we're going to talk about this past weekend of nfl football there was a lot of upsets a lot of home teams winning their games and uh and we're going to share some some more questionable referee decisions specifically from the jags texans game so stay tuned for that if you're watching on youtube and as promised in the last episode, we will give you guys a subvember total count right now. So Eric is in the lead of the subvember roasting rewards with yes. two. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's about the only nope. thing that's gone right for me so far. <laughs> uh, nobody else has gotten a subscription yet, but it's still really early in the month. But Eric is in the lead for that right now. And I'll turn it over to Eric. He runs our video game uh, hosting service called Twitch. Uh, you may have heard of it. I'll let him talk about that because we have been much more active on that lately. Yeah, I had made a Twitch account a long time ago when we first started the podcast and played 2K every now and then, but it wasn't very often. But lately, us guys here at Clutch Crew Sports, we've been taking it a lot more seriously and using it to promote and it's been going really well for us we've gained some followers from it and last stream we did connor zach and i had 20 or not 20 we had 10 
viewers at one time. So we had gotten to the double digits for the first time. So it's going really well. The first few times we did it, we, you know, we were only getting like a couple of viewers. But uh, like I said, this last one we had 10. It's going really well. We all have gotten Madden 20 pretty recently. So if you want to see what that game's about, that's mostly what we've been playing. We have an online franchise we're doing together. We play this new game mode, Superstar KO, that's pretty fun. I'm sure we'll be getting back to doing some 2K and other stuff. So we've been enjoying doing that. If you want to check it out, we'll put the link to it in the description, I believe. But it's twitch.tv slash clutchcrewsports. So if you have a Twitch account, we'd be happy to have you join us sometime. So I guess another thing we do on there, too, is we'll talk sports while we're playing. You know, we've had comments you know, asking us, like, what teams do we like or who do we think is going to win a certain game. And so we like to interact with our viewers. So come check us out sometime and watch us play and chat. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun interacting with some people on Twitch, and I've had a really good time with it. They're, unfortunately, unlike this podcast, which is scheduled to come out on Tuesdays and Fridays, there's not really a specific time or day of the week that we will go live on here but i believe all the videos save to our profile am i right about that for a yeah the, they save yep. for a certain amount of time like for okay two weeks i think so if you so like really none of our two videos are missed, still up you'd, there you'd have some time to watch it okay yeah. yeah but as far as um as far as watching us live if you i know if you subscribe with notifications you'll get like an email or a a little message on your phone saying that we went live. So that's, I guess, the best way to find out when we're going live. Or um, if you're really curious, I guess you can just contact us and we'll tell you uh, if we're definitely going to be on, if it's a possibility or if, if we're definitely not. So that's uh, just something new that we've started to really get back into gear with. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to continuing it. So with that being said, guys, we'll get into the today's topics of the recent scores. So as far as how Connor, Nate, and myself did this week in college football, uh, it was we a good... <laughs> well, actually... Well, well, you didn't do too bad, but Nate yeah. and I didn't do very good. <laughs> yeah, as you can see here on the screen, there's a lot of red under Nate's uh, side of the table. He definitely didn't have a great week, but I felt like I had a pretty good week, especially because what, the last couple weeks I've been getting like just barely over 50%. I did much better than that this week, uh, but and I still managed to gain one game on Connor, so my lead expanded a little bit, but it's still pretty close. Um, Nate felt a little bit farther behind there but so the we'll talk about the thursday games first here uh west virginia west virginia and baylor played this is a really close game baylor stays undefeated though 17 to 14 win i was the only one getting this one right picking in west virginia to cover the spread and then georgia state played 20 georgia southern georgia southern sorry my bad played 20th ranked app state Georgia Southern wins 24 to 21. Obviously, App State big favorites. We all got it wrong. And Connor, you were at this game, so you know more about it than anybody, especially being at it. So I'll let you <laughs> talk about this and then the implications it's got too. 
Yeah, well, for one thing, I was freezing my butt off because, like, with the wind chill, it was like 20 degrees in this game, and it started sleeting. Uh, but really, I mean, App State, they played, like, words I can't say on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I wow. mean, they, they were completely, completely awful. I mean, Georgia Southern, their whole offense is option. And it was amazing to me that Appalachian State just couldn't figure it out. Like, they were running that play every single time. I think the Georgia Southern quarterback only threw, like, four passes the whole game. And it's like, it's like you know, they have that kind of Army-Navy sort of offense. And it's like, okay, I mean, how can you not figure this out? How, can, how is it that they are making this work on every play? I mean, and literally, it wasn't even, like, a complicated option. It was more so that they would either run it up the middle or they would run to the wide side of the field. So I don't think they ever ran to the short side of the field. So, okay, stack the box and cover the wide side. Boom, done. You stop this offense. And it was amazing to me that they couldn't do that. And they started to build a little bit of a comeback towards the end of the game. Like It was a bit closer. I mean, cause it was 24-7 to going into the fourth quarter. So Appalachian State made a little bit of a comeback at the end. But, I mean, it was just too little too late for them to really do anything and but the larger implications on this game is that first of all Appalachian State will not be ranked next week I mean if they keep us in the rankings I'll be highly surprised but we're not going to be ranked next week when we go play South Carolina and not only does this take Appalachian State likely out of contention despite the loss by SMU which we'll get to later but despite that, this likely takes Appalachian State out of contention for a New Year's Six Bowl game, and it more than likely takes them out of contention for a Sunbelt Conference title because now Georgia Southern owns the tiebreaker over Appalachian State. So unless Georgia Southern loses one of their remaining four games, which I see by looking at their schedule seems highly unlikely in my mind, Appalachian State, you know, despite the prospect of at the beginning of the year possibly going undefeated and have playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game, might not even win the conference title anymore. So we'll see how that plays out if Georgia Southern loses or if App State can, you know, somehow pull out the title game. Yeah, that'll, that'll be something I think most fans probably don't keep track of the Sun Belt, but I know you do, so we'll, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll have you tell me that information, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> when it happens. Um, uh, Michigan continues their romp of uh, Big Ten inferior teams. This time it was Maryland, thirty-eight to seven. Michigan wins. Connor and I got it right. Nate got it wrong. Uh, NC State at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, really impressive win here, forty-four to ten. We all got it right. They were only favored by eight. So this was a, even though this is a typical blowout score. Compared to the spread, this was not going to be expected. Um, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame played. This is a real tight game. Notre Dame ends up pulling it out at the end, 21-20. to 20. However, they were 17.5-point favorites, so obviously they didn't cover. We all got it right, picking Virginia Tech. VT almost the, won that, too. Yeah, a crazy game. Uh, Georgia-Florida played. Obviously, it's the highlight game of the week here. Both teams ranked in the top 10. Um, it says it was at Florida, but it's always held at a neutral site in Jacksonville. And it's... Look at the stand. It's it's half and half. You know, as good as you can get, half and half. Uh, Georgia wins the game 24-17. to 17. We all got it wrong. 
I think we all thought Florida would win because uh, Georgia was only four and a half point favorites, but I, I certainly did. So I picked them to win. But this game was kind of like too little too late for Florida. Their offense was didn't really come on until in the fourth quarter. And Georgia had to get this win. I mean, this was this was a must-win game for Georgia because not only does it keep them in contention for the playoffs, but like it also pretty much guarantees them to win the SEC East now. This game was going to decide that, and they they won that. So now they've got a chance to potentially play LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship game. And, and if they do win that, then it makes it a whole lot more interesting for the playoff discussion. But uh, Florida, I know, has been the benefit of a lot of questionable calls, like that South Carolina game Eric was talking to me about. But they had a really bad call. If anybody watched this game, they'll know what I'm talking about. But it was in the second quarter, and Georgia uh, had a fourth down play that they had, and they ruled it a completion, and then they did a replay of it. And in the replay, it was pretty obvious that the ball hit the ground, but they, uh, for whatever reason, Dan Mullen had like that face with that facial expression you might have seen pop up on Twitter a lot. But, I mean, he was totally shocked by their calling that it stood. And then the next play, Georgia scored a touchdown and took the lead. It was just like a field goal, field goal game, I think, at that point. So it was pretty tight, not not much scoring going on. That was a huge momentum shift. And then, uh, obviously, with the score being 24-17, and, you know, who knows what would have happened had they not called that. But uh, still early in the game, no real excuses for Florida, I think, because they had plenty of opportunities to uh, to score more points. They just couldn't get it done. And I think that's all we need to say about this. I don't know if you guys watched it or have anything else to say. No, I'm just I mean, glad they lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I agree. I mean, that was a, it was definitely a must-win game for uh for Georgia or or for Florida. And, but I mean, for Georgia to some extent too, because I think everybody, what had happened with this game was, I mean, everybody had stopped taking Georgia seriously after they lost to South Carolina. But I think everybody kind of forgot that they're probably the, you know, I don't know if they're better than Alabama and LSU, but they're definitely the third best team in the SEC. So I think this game kind of brought them back into the fold. Like, hey, we're still here. Like, stop talking about Alabama and LSU. Like, Georgia's still here, and we're still in contention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they win out. Because if they do win out, they'll have three solid wins against uh, Florida, as they did just this week. And then they still have Auburn on their schedule, and whoever comes out of the SEC West, so... It's going to be really interesting. Personally, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't have much trust in Georgia, but we'll see. Uh, Kansas State and Kansas, a rivalry game here played uh, this week. 22-ranked Kansas State going to Kansas, and Kansas State won 38-10. I was pretty shocked that they were only six-point favorites, to be honest with you here. Yeah, I, I, know, was gonna, I was going to yeah. mention that, too. I was like, I have no idea why they were it was, they were only six-point favorites. I mean, when's the last time that Kansas has ever done anything in football? Like, Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, it was at Kansas, so that it's 
that I can give you three points for that, but still, like, to be only on a neutral site, a three-point edge for Kansas State was uh, pretty crazy. We all took advantage of that, though. Got it right. Uh, Wofford at Clemson, uh, 59-14 win for Clemson. Clemson was favored by 47, so actually Wofford covered the spread, and I was... It wasn't looking good for me early on because I think Clemson was up 42-0 to zero at halftime or something. Yeah, they so were. I, yeah, so I was like, oh, God. But <laughs> Wofford actually managed to score some touchdowns. Uh, and obviously Clemson, you know, didn't, you know, try and score 100 points on them. So, I mean, I'm sure they could have <laughs> with the way yeah. I was going. But, I mean, it was just an easy... Easy game for Clemson. The starters probably just played a little bit of time and really just the backups playing. Uh, but it's still really close at the spread. Only a couple points here. I was fortunate enough to pick Wofford uh, with nobody else picking them. And then Utah and Washington. Utah wins 33-28. to They were favored by three, and I got this right. Connor and Nate got it wrong. And... This was a must-win game for Utah as well because uh, going to Washington, I saw some the announcers were talking about it in this game, but Washington, after their bye week with their head coach, has been, like, perfect, you know, in his career. So it, this wasn't a gimme game. Obviously, Utah was only a three-point favorite, but... It didn't start out well for them. Washington got hot. But this Utah defense created a lot of turnovers in this game. Really made Jacob Eason's day difficult for Washington. He turned the ball over a ton. And that's going to be Utah's, you know, MO. If, if for some reason they do make the playoffs, it's going to be because of their defense. Uh, their offense is good, but it's really their defense that has a lot of stars on it. And... I think for Utah to make the playoffs, they're going to need to obviously win out, and they're going to need Oregon to win out, and then they're going to need to beat Oregon in like a dominating fashion in the Pac-12 championship, and then I think still need uh, some of some favorable results for them. So it's not, you know, it's not a, yeah. they're not out of it, but they're going to need to win out. They they I think they need Oregon to win out, and then they need to beat Oregon handily. For them to yeah. be considered. So. Yeah, well, Utah definitely needs to win out. I mean, if they lose another game, they're out for sure because their their loss already was to um, USC. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their loss already was to USC. So if they lose, end up losing to like you know, um, I can't remember who's on their schedule left, but it's like Colorado and um, mm-hmm. like Arizona. If they end up losing yeah. to somebody like that, then that's going to easily knock them out. I mean, I, I still don't believe in Utah. I still don't believe they're a top <laughs> 10 team because, like, I know Washington was supposed to be a test, and Washington was, like, playing really well at the start of that game, but Washington's a 5-4 and four team. They're not that good. So, I mean, and their only win so far against a ranked opponent was against Arizona State, which I don't even think they're ranked anymore. So, because yeah, So... I'm waiting to see. I'm like I'm just really highly anticipating this game against Oregon. That's I mean Oregon's going to win the Pac-12 North. I mean I think even if Oregon were to lose their last like three games, they'd still or two of their yeah, last the three. Bag. <laughs> yeah, because I mean the, their closest uh, competition is Oregon State at three and two, and Oregon six and zero oh in the conference. So 
Um, they're Which pretty much crazy to Oregon State being second and like that's that's uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well I mean Washington has the best record overall besides Oregon but they're two and four in conference mm-hmm. play so but yeah it'll be I'm really looking forward to this Utah Oregon matchup in the Pac-12 championship unless for some reason USC manages to take the Pac-12 South which I don't think will happen. Or UCLA as well, so yeah, um, it's, it's gonna probably. it's gonna be interesting. But I still don't believe in Utah. I will say that <laughs> I still don't think they're a I, top ten team. <laughs> I I don't believe in them being a top ten team, but I I think I believe in them more than Connor uh, after watching them because their defense, man, they they have playmakers on that defense. But we'll move on here to some SEC football: Ole Miss and Auburn. This is a close game here. Auburn wins 20 to 14. Obviously didn't cover the 18 and a half point spread. Connor and I got it right. Uh, this is a really close game too. Uh, shocker that ECU was able to put up 43 points, but Cincinnati comes out with the win 46 to 43. We all got it wrong. Uh, some more American games here. SMU and Memphis, this is where College Game Day was at. This was a high offense game if you like scoring, if you like a lot of points. Final score, 54-48 to in favor of Memphis. And Connor was the only one to get this one right. Uh, this, is, this is pretty big because SMU is an undefeated team. And control of the American West. Uh, so... Big win for Memphis at home. They really needed it. Uh, if SMU had been able to win this, it would have been good for them. They could have maybe launched into the top ten. I don't know how other how that would have played out, but uh, just a statement win for Memphis. And I don't know, Connor, if you watched this game. I did not, but I mean, it certainly once again. Just like what happened with Appalachian State, this takes SMU out of the New Year's Six Bowl game uh, um, picture, in my opinion, because the re- if you look the rest of their schedule, like you know, they haven't they haven't played anybody, and so they they be their only good team left on their schedule is at Navy. If they can win at Navy, that could possibly give them some kind of clout, but again, Memphis owns the tiebreaker uh, over them yeah. in the American West, so we'll see how it goes uh, in the future, but SMU might have just, you know, shot their season by losing to, to Memphis right there, so uh, it's looking like a pretty likely scenario of Cincinnati versus Memphis in the American title game without SMU. Yeah, that's, that's true. Cincinnati, man, they... They almost blew it by losing uh, yeah, ECU. I know. They almost they almost handed the uh, division back to UCF again. Yeah. Uh, so Oregon and USC, we talked about both these teams a little bit in that Utah Washington game, but Oregon wins convincing fashion, fifty six to twenty four. Only five point favorites here. This is the only one I was surprised about. This is if I had to make like some locks or something, I would have picked this and that Kansas State Kansas one as my two locks. Uh, because <laughs> Oregon's playing really well right now. USC hasn't been playing well, so it's uh, no brainer there. And then uh, Boise State and San Jose State. This is another shootout, and I actually thought San Jose State was gonna win this, considering 
how much they were up early, 14-0 to start the game. But Boise State wins, like I said, 52-42. We all got it wrong, unfortunately. I'm probably not going to pick Boise State anymore because it seems like they, they don't, like, blow people out. So when they're ranked by, like, 16, like, it's cutting it close for them to get 17. Like, I, I think these teams can play Boise State a good game. So I'm definitely going to keep that in consideration. Especially when they're on the road. They don't have that mesmerizing blue field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then our plus one game of the week here, TCU at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State wins 34-27. Connor and Nate got it right. And I was hoping TCU was going to score a touchdown on their final possession, but they got to fourth down and they were like, oh, let's kick a field goal to try and, like, get the onside kick with, like, 30 seconds left. Like, I was like, come on, just just go for the touchdown, like, <laughs> for uh, to cover the spread. But, fortunately, they didn't, and that cost me there one game. So, our updated standings here, I'm at 55% now on the year, leading the way. Connor's at 53%, and Nate slipped to under 50% after this week. He's at 49%. Yeah, not good, Nate. Not good. <laughs> Still better than what I would be doing if I was in it. <laughs> yeah, so he he would be losing some money if, if we had real money on these games. But Connor and myself both have a winning record, which is nice. Um, we still now, look decent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll go now and talk about some NFL games. So, oh, did you want to talk about our top four for the CFC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can fit that in now. So, with the college football playoff rankings being released, uh, I guess today when you're hearing this, we thought we would come up with our own. So, I won't spend too much time in defending this, but I've got LSU at number one, just the resume. They've looked the part, the eye test, and all that. I think it's hard to not say that they're number one. So I've got them one. Number two, I've got Ohio State. While they don't have like huge wins or anything, they've definitely passed the eye test for me. So I've got them at number two. And then I've got Bama at three, just because they're Bama, really, and they haven't lost yet. Still a really good team. And then at number four, I've got Clemson. I still think Clemson is a really good team. It's just they haven't had the opportunity to show it, I think. And they haven't been playing that well to their standards. But still, I, I think that they are deserving of that fourth spot. And then if I had to just put one on the outside, put obviously Penn State, they're, they're undefeated and they're ranked number five. So th- that's my top four, though. And then, Connor, you can talk about yours. Yeah, I mean, I've got the same top three as Zach. I've got LSU number one. I mean, they've they're, they've looked like the best team. They're undefeated, and they've played the best schedule. I mean, you know, I think they I mean, they beat Georgia. They beat Florida. No, they didn't beat Georgia, but they beat Florida, and they beat Auburn. That's the other team they beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, LSU is clearing away number one, in my opinion. And then I'm with you there with Ohio State and Bama. Um you know, Ohio State number two. And thing for Alabama, for me, it's just like, I just want to see him play somebody. I mean, well, until, like, this is going to be the big week right now coming up when they play LSU. Like, how good really is Alabama? 
So, or, or really how good is LSU? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, Ohio State number two, Bama number three. And I've got Penn State at number, five, at number four right now just because I don't know. They haven't quite played the schedule yet. They did beat Michigan, so that's one victory on their resume. Um, but they also have to play Minnesota, and they still have to play Ohio State. So I think if Penn State can really put together, I mean, obviously if they can win out, that's big. But even if they lose to Ohio State, um, like that, that'll probably knock them out. But they still have a better case, I think, than Clemson because Clemson doesn't play anybody. I mean, the ACC is so weak right now that, you know, if Clemson, if they were to lose for some reason, that would 100% knock them out. But I think their undefeated record, which they probably will have, is going to be probably one of the worst-looking undefeated records in history for a Power 5 team. So, But I do have Clemson at number 5 and then Georgia at number 6. Yeah, so with that being said now, we'll move into the NFL discussion. And Eric, I know you're going to get your chance to talk here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric, we, we've been shutting you out. <laughs> no, you have Guys, you know I don't care. <laughs> uh, so the Thursday night game, San Francisco and Arizona, a lot closer than people expected it to be, but it is a San Francisco win. They stay undefeated 28-25. Made me it's nervous good. in survival. <laughs> oh, yeah. Connor got it right, though, for survival. He picked them to win. Uh, and we all picked them to win. And you can see here on YouTube the guest Kyle spot is because in the last episode we had my friend Kyle on as a guest to the show. And so let him make his picks for the week. And obviously, you know, he's not got a running tally like the four of us do. But we just wanted to see how he would do. And this week, and then the London game here, early morning kickoff, Houston at Jacksonville. I mean, is at London, but <laughs> Jacksonville's technically in a home team here. Houston wins 26-23. Connor, Nate, and Kyle got this right. No surprise, well, two Jags fans got to <laughs> pick the Jags. Sadly, I wish it was closer than what you said there, but it was 26-3. Yeah, so, Eric, I... I know you've got a rant here, and I know you you really want to talk about this game, so I'm going to let you uh, pick we, the... We, yeah, we, I, we need some some rant-like intro music. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that, that could be an idea for a future episode. But, yeah, it's crazy, man, because I will, I'm going to preface this rant by saying that, because Zach had kind of mentioned it earlier, that I was upset with the officiating in this game, but I, I am going to preface this by saying that I still feel like the Jaguars probably would have lost this game. Like, I guess before I rant, I'll kind of analyze the game. I mean, the Jaguars were not good in this game. They just like the last thought for sure. The Jaguars were going to fix up their issues with the run defense because last time we played Houston, they were just continually getting these solid, you know, chunks of yardage on the ground. You know, not like huge chunks, but like, you know, five yards, seven yards, six yards, four yards, eight yards, just all the time. And like, we couldn't stop them. And it was, even though they only scored 13 points that first game, but that all those yardage were just kept giving them first downs, extending the drives, which was limiting the Jaguars' time of possession. 
And I thought for sure the Jaguars were going to stop, you know, adjust to that and stop it. But they didn't. And they had they had the same problem in this game as they did the first time they played Houston. They could not stop them on the run. You know, they didn't really get burnt in the passing game that much. But that run game was just really limiting the Jaguars' time of possession. And at the end of, towards the end of the game... Uh, the Jaguars started to, you know, they had lost all momentum and they were, they were behind and Minshew just, he looked like a six round rookie in this game, especially at the end. I think a lot of it was more so like he was just trying to play hero ball and, you know, get it all back at once kind of a thing, which obviously you can't really do. And so he had a couple of interceptions and a couple of fumbles. And I want to say, like, three of the turnovers were on, like, back-to-back-to-back drives, like three consecutive drives in a row we had a turnover. And obviously you're not going to win many games when you do that. But so I give the Texans a lot of credit for how they played, even with a banged-up secondary. Like, our passing game wasn't really effective. They, As usual, the Texans were pretty stout with their run game. Leonard Fournette just had a... Man, it wasn't a horrible game. He didn't get a ton of touches, but he didn't have a great game. So prefacing the rant by saying that I still don't think the Jaguars would have won the game, but I have to go in on the officials again here because there was just some, just a streak of consecutive plays where the officiating in this game was just trash. I when I, I tried to like let it go initially like of course when I first watched it I got triggered I mean I Zach and I were messaging each other and there was one point where I thought the rest were going to throw a flag against us after everything that I'm going to talk about happened I said Zach if they had thrown a flag there I probably throw my iPad that I'm watching the game <laughs> on like I was so mad and I try like especially after hearing like Zach's point of view about him you know being you know used to being a referee at one point. I do my best to try to not be that person to like criticize referees for every little thing, but it got really atrocious in this game at one point. So I think Zach has. Uh, yeah, tell me has, what you want to start with, and I'll go to it. <laughs> well, it should it should start off with the DJ chart pass okay. interference. That's where, so before Zach clicks play here. Because we, where we've got it at right here is at the replay. So do you, it's see, I think it's second and six here, and it's you can see it's nine to three. This is the game is close at right now. You know the final score was twenty six to three, but it's still close at this point. So it's second and six. DJ Chark's gonna go for a route here. I don't know if you can slow this down a little bit too, but maybe you do like half speed. Okay, so right here, DJ Chark has put his hand. I, I I don't know who that is for the Texans, but he's put his hand on his back, and then he's going to turn and come back to catch the ball. And this was called offensive pass interference. He does not push him. 
he literally just put his hand on him and then turns back to the ball. Yeah, there's a perfect slowdown. Just to free up his hand. I mean, he, he did somewhat pull his jersey, but I do agree that was not very high contact. <laughs> this this was very not egregious at all. Yeah, very ticky tacky. This was very this was very ticky tacky. I mean, and the ref threw the flag immediately. I mean, before the play like is even over, like the moment Shark like has his hand on him, this like right the moment after that the flag comes out. There was no hesitation, like no like meeting up with the officials to discuss it to see if they saw it. I mean, immediately throws the flag. So they just play it out again real quick. So yeah, we'll like, see this ref. Uh You'll see the ref come into the view on the corner of the screen. Flags flying out. <laughs> no, no hesitation. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't now, even bother to say it's a completion until like now. Yeah, he throws the flag before. <laughs> yeah, why even bother saying it's a catch if you're gonna? I mean, you already know there's a penalty, but whatever. I guess they have to do that to finish out. The you already know you're gonna call offensive pass. It's coming back like, anyway. Like you, yeah. Now here's the thing. Before I go to the, go ahead and go to the where the next play is at. It's like okay. two plays later. But now here's the thing. We're going to show another play we'll where it looks like it could have <laughs> been. Yeah, Doug Marone's like, like he's like, here we he's go again. Saying you know? <laughs> yeah, he's like, here we go again with these BS calls. Because I mean, I already ranted on the Saints game about the one that was on, and there, there was actually one in this game too where Chris Conley again was interfered with, and they did not call it, and it was actually worse than the one I'm about to show right now. But the reason, oh, why yeah, I, there's I a reason, there's yeah. a reason why I want to show this one instead. Yeah, just go ahead and let it keep playing. So, yeah, you can do like plus ten seconds, I guess. I don't know how far it's okay. Here we go. Yeah, this is the play right here. Just go ahead and play it on live speed because. I oh, think yeah. they'll show the. I think they'll show the replay of it again. You'll see it better on the replay. Yeah, because you're you're not even really going to notice it in my in the live speed because of the the camera work because this happens before the ball gets there. So DJ Chark's calling for the flag, and you'll see what I mean here in a second. Yeah, he you could tell he said something uh, not very polite <laughs> <laughs> to the rest right there. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna play this one again. And now this this one here, as it's going, I'm going to say, too, this wasn't necessarily particularly bad, per se, on the Texans. Like, this isn't one where I would necessarily say this was completely obvious. But right here, that's contact. That's prohibiting him from catching the ball. And the contact on Chark was, and you could say, some people would probably say it was uncatchable, but he's, by him running into Chark, it slows him down, making him not be able to end up where the ball landed. But anyway, my point is this. So they did not call pass interference for this. If you're going to call the offensive PI on chart for the slight hand touch on the back of the jersey, then you have to call this too. You can't not yet you can't call a penalty on one and then not call a penalty on the other for the same thing. This is really inconsistent and this hurt the Jaguars because we lost the 10 yards. Then we end up missing. If we didn't even kick the field goal, we had a bad snap on a field goal. I mean, that 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 that's that's happening right here. Now that's on the Jags <laughs> for not making the field goal. But if you don't call the offensive PI on chart, it's first and goal on the like four yard line. Most likely the Jaguars get a touchdown there and take a ten to nine lead. 
But instead, the Texans go down on the next drive and get a touchdown. And I'm pretty sure the next play that I want to talk about was actually on the very ensuing drive. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and this was all back-to-back-to-back consecutively within a couple plays of each other. So, yeah, this uh-huh, is right here, here dude. This, this is the biggest load of garbage I've ever seen. And this is – Zach said this was trending on Twitter is the worst personal foul penalty of the season. And I'm glad that other people noticed this because – they call personal foul on Calais Campbell. It takes for, them a long time yeah, to do this, too. Yeah, they take a long time to talk about it. How they don't determine that there's no flag after everybody discusses this. They're stuck running again. Maron's like, I mean, he's debating about calling out the refs in the press, post-game press conference probably at this point. Like, Do I take the fine? Probably. So here's the ref calling. <laughs> we're we're going to see a replay of it here. So the the official call was. But Marone's like, are you kidding me? Are, are you believing? Campbell's like, me? I'm the nicest person in the NFL. What did I even do? You know. But so pause it real quick. Okay. So the official call here was personal foul, lowering the helmet to initiate contact. Now, first of all, look how low Deshaun Watson is going to the ground. There. He's doing a squat. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to tackle him, you have to lower your body to tackle him which is going to make your head lower so you but then this is what makes it even worse is that Calais Campbell doesn't even hit him with his head so go ahead go ahead and play this out yeah where's the foul there I don't even know what happened right there it didn't even look like you touched him <laughs> he didn't I if mean anything, his body might have if anything him, maybe but... maybe 52 should have got a flag for inappropriately touching <laughs> Sean Watson's butt or something I mean that's a penalty. but I mean but seriously though like it looks like maybe his arm might have like grazed him but like it doesn't look like he hit his him helmet. that's Deshaun Watson gets up and is like oh my helmet he hit my head but seriously Come yeah, on, it's, like, it's like his right arm like hits the yeah. John Watson's helmet. But even still, like oh, here's a the contact angle. is so minimal on the head. Plus, the that's oh, not yeah, the, that's not even what the penalty was. The penalty was lowering the helmet to initiate contact, even though the helmet made no contact. I mean, it's, it's this is a load of garbage, dude. I mean, I I try, like I said earlier, I try to sympathize with the refs. I really do. And I know a lot of people might think, oh, well, you're being biased here because this is your team. Like, no, this is garbage because <laughs> no, this is garbage. <laughs> there was one in another game, which we don't have the footage of it, but there was one in another game with the Colts and the Steelers where, I mean, I don't like either of those teams, but as a Jags fan, I hate the Colts more. So I'm obviously rooting for the Steelers to win the game. Yeah, but <laughs> a Steelers yeah. guy catches a punt and a Colt player hits him when he catches the ball, and they called a personal foul. Steelers player did not call for a fair catch. It was a clean hit. He did not hit him helmet to helmet. Or the receiver was not defenseless. He was trying to make a football move to run with the ball after catching it, and they called a personal foul. And I, I didn't get to see the rest of the game. I don't know how that ultimately impacted, but I know that one, it was in the fourth quarter, and like the Colts were, I mean, the Steelers were ahead by two points. So that was at a critical point in the game too. And now obviously since I was rooting for the Steelers to win that game, you know, I was happy for the Steelers because I wanted them to win. But at the same time, it's like, this isn't right. And the refs like Zach and 
I know Zach, Connor, and Nate broke it down too. Ultimately, somehow, the refs need to be held more accountable when stuff like this is happening because it's ruining games. I mean, and honestly, with the Jaguars one, as a fan of the Jaguars, it made me not want to watch the game anymore. I mean, I, I was getting that mad. Like, it, and then there was the interference on Chris Conley later in the game that they didn't call. I mean, on, Zach messaged me too. He said, he said, he said, Eric, I honestly can't remember the last time there was a pass interference call that wasn't like super duper obvious that went in the Jaguars' favor. And then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I haven't thought of one either. Like, it just makes it frustrating to watch because the Jaguars were still in the game at this point. Not like I said, I'm not still saying the Jaguars would have won. They were not playing that great. But when you have all this adversity to go through, it makes it it makes it almost impossible. So I don't know, man. I this was very frustrating to watch. I'm glad the Jaguars have a bye week next week. Maybe I'll be calmed down by the time they play their next game. But <laughs> I thought for sure, because this game was over at like 1130 in the morning my time, and we're recording this like 12, 13 hours after that. I thought I might be calmed down by now, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so frustrating, especially against a rival team. It just it makes it even more upsetting, but I don't know, man. I don't know what... I mean, obviously, Zach, I know with you being a Jags fan, I, you might not be as upset as I am, but I know like, I know you're upset too. But I guess that's kind of where I want to go with this with Connor not being a Jags or Texans fan. Like, now that you've seen these clips, like, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I mean, the PI ones, for those ones, in my mind, for one, it's like it's so hard to see stuff in real time like that because, like I said, I can see where the official might have seen the offensive pass interference because it looked like you know on that replay, it looked like he kind of tugged at his jersey a little bit. So I can like maybe somewhat see that. And obviously, the other call was made by a different official, so it wasn't the same official who made both calls. So you can't be like, oh, well, that official should have you know been consistent with his thing. So. I don't know if that one, like, I'm guessing the officials on the other one kind of ruled that, that, like, like other people said that it was uncatchable. But I think both of them, like, I do agree that there should have been a standard that they both should have gone one way. Like, they either both should have been called or they both shouldn't have been called. And then I also do agree that that Calais Campbell thing was total garbage. Like, his arm, like, barely hit Deshaun Watson's helmet. And, again, like you said, the call was completely wrong because – it was his arm that hit his helmet. So um, I, I do agree that, like I said, I agree wholeheartedly on that Calais Campbell penalty. The PI ones are a bit interesting, I would say. I don't think it's completely clear cut in that scenario, but. Um, yeah, I guess it, it, it yeah, probably. I, I, I didn't, it, it probably, I didn't probably, think about it being like that it was a different official that would have made each call, but I know that you know, these crews are supposed to, like, you know, meet with each other before the right. game and talk about, like, how they want to uh, call things. So yeah, what a they still is. have to, like, you know, if I'm that ref on the second one, I'm thinking, okay, well, there was, a you know, a PI a couple plays ago that was a little, you know, close. So I should probably yeah. call this one, too, to make it even. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. 
Yeah. It's just the, it's just I just don't think those ones are as cut and dry as like the Clay's Campbell one. Like the Clay's Campbell one was yeah. total. Yeah, that was obviously that was yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I guess was my obviously the official either one. My argument wasn't necessarily that either one was super cut and dry, but my argument is if you're going to call one, then you have to call, yeah, the, call the other one. You, you yeah. can't be like, well, I'm going to call this play that looks like it could be pass interference, but I'm not going to call this one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. I, don't know. I know I rented on like way too long about this. It's okay, I, man. <laughs> I just get, I get worked up over my jazz, man. And <laughs> especially, you know, I, I'm more upset when they lose a game because of stuff like this than, which, I mean, I know they didn't play great, but I'd rather just be that we flat out sucked and is why we lost and not have a controversy involved because at least I can be like, okay, well, I, I fully blame the team instead of, well, there were other obstacles in our way that we couldn't prevent. You know what I mean? It, it makes it more frustrating. Yeah, man. So I, I think you summed that up pretty nicely. Uh, moving along here, Washington and Buffalo played. We all got this pick right. Buffalo wins 24-9. to uh, Minnesota against Kansas City. Kansas City won walk-off field goal here, 26-23. Connor, the only green mark on this game, uh, picking Kansas City. Uh, Jets and Dolphins. Miami gets their first win of the season here against the lowly Jets. Connor and I got this one right. Final score, 26-18. And we don't have this game highlighted, but and I didn't watch it, but I just saw like news articles and stuff saying like this was just bad football, like it was just sloppy, it wasn't good. There was like safeties and stuff, like Sam Darnold was terrible, Fitzpatrick made bad decisions, like it was just like the sloppiest game you'd ever seen. But uh, Miami will guarantee not having that 0-16 season, so I'm sure <laughs> know, now they're... <laughs> they're, they're, getting beat, they're getting beat by Cincinnati for that number one pick now. Yeah, they are, but if they if they lose to Cincinnati, though, Cincinnati, they have the tiebreaker for the pick, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, oh, like, I, if I was a team, if I was a fan of Miami or Cincinnati, I, like, I don't care about the pick, like, I just want to win one game. I don't want to be 0-16, so... yeah. Even though you might want that number one pick, you don't want to be 0-16 because that puts you in the history of, like, awful. You know, only two teams have ever been 0-16. History as you suck. (laughs) Yeah, so while many people are going to still put this team in that category, at least they can say, we won a game, you know? So And they play Cincinnati, so there's a chance for two wins. Yeah, well, I mean, Miami had a, they had a kind of a scare. I remember, I don't remember how long ago it was. I think it was, like, 20... I want to see like 2010, 2011, uh, when I they know were what you're talking about. when they yeah. were like 0 and 14 or something. But then like in the second to last week of the season, they managed to pull off a win and like they finished 1 and 15. Like I, I remember that. So it seems like Miami yeah. is like immune to finishing 0 and 16 somehow. Yeah, if, if you had uh, if you had just seen the footage from the locker room after the game, you would have thought they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving along here, uh, Chicago and Philly. Philly wins 22-14. We all got it right. And this is a example of a bad game by Mitch Trubisky, honestly. Like, I saw on Twitter there was, like, a stat of, like, one offensive yard and, like, after the first quarter for Chicago. It was really bad. Uh, uh, I watched a lot of this game. Uh, Mitch Trubisky sucks. <laughs> 
Yeah, won our franchise mode in Madden. He had like a five touchdown game somehow. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Madden for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jameis Winston also threw for like 300 yards against me in our week two game. So, <laughs> um, so Connor's team here comes out with a with a big win, 26 to 24. Steelers over the Colts. We all got this one wrong. All expecting the Colts to win. Uh, Jacoby Brissett did go down at some point in this game with a knee injury. He did not return, and I guess Adam Vinatieri missed a uh, missed a potential game-winning field goal in the final minute. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I mean, it's all it's it's all down to the Steelers' defense at this point. Like. <laughs> I mean, Mason. I mean, if anything has been shown by this season so far, I think it's that Mason Rudolph is not the future of this team because he has not been playing good at all this season. So, if it wasn't for this defense, and if there's any question about who's going to be the starter next year, it's going to be Roethlisberger because Mason Rudolph has not done anything to earn this starting job. Yeah, no. I saw a lot of this game too, and it was. On the Steelers and offensively, it was just like check down after check down after check down. I mean, their running back had like 13 catches, but it was for like 50 yards. I mean, they were all just like, it was just dink and dunk. Like, I think he took like, he actually hit one downfield shot. I'm like, well, maybe you need to try to get a little more confident and do that a little more often. But, <laughs> but the Steelers won. So, you know, at least for them, you know, there's that. And at least as a Jags fan, my one solace I can take is that the Colts uh, lost and I know Zach's about to talk about the Titans game too but glad they lost also so at least there's that <laughs> yeah <laughs> spoiler alert Carolina beat Tennessee like Eric said uh, 30 to 20 Carolina wins this was my survival pick Carolina did not let me down and we all got this right picking Carolina uh, Detroit at Oakland this is a tough game to pick, actually. We all picked Detroit, but I figured this was going to be close. Uh, and Oakland wins 31-24. I just thought Detroit was a little bit better, but, I mean, like Connor said last week about Oakland being his surprise team, like they, they certainly have been a surprise, especially offensively. Uh, much better than last season, much better than we thought they'd be. And... They're not really missing Antonio Brown. I can say that. Um, Tampa at Seattle. This is a really close game. Went to overtime. Seattle wins forty to thirty-four. Everybody got it right except for myself. And I mean, this was uh, this. I wish we had. Uh, this is like perfect though that it followed the debate episode about Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers because. We'll talk about that with the Green Bay game, but I mean, this is a MVP worthy highlight game, so to say, for Russell Wilson. Five touchdowns, uh, just incredible. He's the only reason they are winning these games because their defense isn't that great. And what I mean, it's just pure magic, is all I can say. I, I really like Russell Wilson, like, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks that's not like you know, on my favorite team or anything. So I, I, I'm a fan of the guy. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to see that he performed well today. And obviously I've, I've got him. Uh, I was pulling for him in that debate. So obviously he backed it up. 
Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. I was saying definitely Russell Wilson is the clear. I mean, because I was, I was not on the last episode, but I would have agreed slightly with Kyle that Aaron Rodgers could be considered maybe like a top three uh, MVP candidate. But there's definitely no doubt after this week that Russell Wilson is a clear front runner. I know since I live in North Carolina, I'm seeing all this stuff on the uh, like Carolina news stations about like, oh, Christian McCaffrey's like, you know, should be the MVP. I'm like, uh, no, Russell Wilson's a clear front runner here. I mean, McCaffrey's been good too, but McCaffrey's not the sole reason that Carolina's winning their games. Whereas like without Russell Wilson, Seattle would be in the dumpster right now. Yeah, and quarterback plays a, a much t- much more important position in general than running back. So, yeah. I mean, while both guys are major contributors to a team, you usually got to give the quarterback the edge when it comes to that because he's more important. Uh, Cleveland at Denver. Uh, Denver wins the game 24-19. Kyle was the only one getting this one right. And... The streak is over for Eric here. His survival pick was Cleveland this week. It's his first survival strike. And uh, I know he's upset with the Browns. Yeah, I just got a quick, like, 30 to 60 second round on the Browns. I mean, my, the real, like, out of the teams that I had remaining that I could have picked, like, the obvious pick would have been to pick the Bills over the Redskins. And that's who I really thought about. But I was like, you know what? No. They're playing the Dolphins one more time later this season. I'll save them. And then Cleveland is going into a game against a guy who's been a third-string quarterback his entire career. I'm like, there's no way Cleveland can screw this up. And look They screwed it up. They screwed <laughs> it up. So Cleveland, I pretty much hate you. I, used to, I, I supported y'all when y'all were, you know, 0-16 and... I I know people that are fans of them, so I, you know, they've always been kind of one of my like secretly rooting for teams. But y'all cost me big time here because I know I'm still in it in the you know clutch crew thing because we're doing three strikes. But I was still in the running for the 25k on Yahoo. So thanks, Cleveland. It, you know, <laughs> Thank you ruined Cleveland. it for me. <laughs> well, at least your dad's still in the running, Zach. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Uh, my my dad uh, has not gotten one wrong yet, so I'll, if he keeps going with that, if he gets to the point where you gotta start picking two teams to win, uh, then I'm sure I'll offer him some advice. <laughs> and maybe if he gives you a, 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 a share of that, that twenty five thousand, because we're only like a, I think it starts in week thirteen. So if I'd gotten this one right, I would have only needed three more weeks to get to that challenge, but. Ah, thanks, Cleveland. <laughs> Couldn't be freaking Brandon Allen, who was a backup behind Blake Bortles and Chad Henney. Ouch. I mean, gosh. Dude. But still, I'll say this. Like, I mean, I still think that he would have, you know, obviously they won, but I would have rather, like, if I was Cleveland, I'd have rather played Joe Flacco than Brandon Allen because at least you know Joe Flacco's going to... You know, know, you know Flacco Seagulls. Yeah, so <laughs> with Brandon Allen, at least there's, like, you know, nobody knows about him. Like, there's... We've seen this season so many examples of, you know, people coming in, like Minshew, like, you know, not expected to, to start and play well, but end up doing so. So, I mean, yeah, you, you thought you had it there, but still... 
Cleveland wasn't a very good team coming into this. Um, no, they're not. They're not a good team. I'm like at Denver you know, too. You know that Denver home field advantage is real. So I saw OBJ having to get oxygen on the sidelines. <laughs> Dang. I don't know, man. That's just like that's just so frustrating to lose unsurvival to a team playing against a third string quarterback. I mean, that's just like. <clears throat> Like, how? They have no Bradley Chubb. They traded Emmanuel Sanders. Like, who do they even have? I don't know. I mean, Royce, Freeman. Royce, old, like, Royce Freeman was a bomb for me, and fantasy sucked this week. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just so frustrating. This has been a frustrating week for me. I'm like, and I'm functioning on, like, three hours sleep. So, like, maybe my frustration is not allowing me to properly analyze, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, rough, rough week for me for sure. If you if you were paying attention to my, you know, picks, I also only got like five games right in the predictions this week. Like, oof. I've had a horrible fantasy football and predictions week, and my team lost, so I, it's hard. <laughs> I feel bad for you, man. Please let next week be better, <laughs> fantasy football gods. <laughs> send send Eric some support on Twitter. Let let him know. Uh... Let them know that, that you guys still like them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you tell me I suck, I can't. I sadly can't disagree with you. You know. <laughs> uh, Green Bay at the Los Angeles Chargers here. I was the only one getting this one. Six to eleven, and I mean, I, I I'm gonna just say it. I saw this coming. Like I, Green Bay. To me, they've been getting kind of lucky uh, with that Detroit game, and then Kansas City. There's no Mahomes. Like, I, I just felt like this is a this is going to be like a wake up call for them, and it, it's going to probably end up being that as they suffer pretty embarrassing loss here. Especially since uh, like seventy percent of the crowd was Green Bay fans. Yeah, I mean, every Chargers game, the away team has more fans than the home team. Like. Uh, so you can't even really say like, oh, it's you know a toxic environment for him or anything like that. So, uh, but Aaron Rodgers did not have a good game. Uh, really, all his yards and his score, his touchdown throw, all came in like garbage time, so to say, with like five minutes left, and like they were trying to mount a comeback, but they were down three scores. So I don't. Something tells me the Chargers weren't like playing with their lives on the line in that little stretch. And uh, the Green Bay defense, to be fair, they didn't play very well. Like, I hyped them up a little bit in that last episode. But still, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you got to score more than 11 points. And it's not like the Chargers defense had been that great this season. So, pretty bad game for Rodgers. And it's kind of been his mo this year he's been up and down he's had good games but he's also had a lot of bad games and this is uh i don't know if he's had a lot of bad games maybe not a lot but it's more than more than like your fair share to be in the running for an mvp i think it's just his name really gets him launched up in that uh in that running i think i will argue that I think the reason why he was still in the MVP can't race was because the games where he did play good, like, he was the reason why they won. So, I mean, whereas, like, you know, he has had a couple bad games, but like, there's been a lot of games for the Packers where he's the one that's kind of brought them, you know, back from the brink and won the game for them. 
Yeah. So I Kyle's not happy about that. I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> we need to uh, stop. Pick, we need to stop picking Green Bay, obviously, because that's what he wanted us to do. <laughs> uh. Patriots and Ravens. This is the Sunday night game here. And Ravens win 37 to 20. Connor and myself got this right. We had the courage to pick Baltimore. Nobody else did. Um, <laughs> and this was uh, this is New England's first real test here on the road against a winning record team. And Baltimore started out strong. 17 to zero in a blink of an eye and it got a little bit closer uh for the patriots you know getting some lucky breaks really in that first half uh the fumbles on the punt and then mark ingram to set them up for easy scores but other than that like baltimore really i I was a little bit surprised at how easily they picked apart this defense like it's supposed number one defense. Yeah, like I I figured New England's offense hadn't been playing great and Baltimore's got, you know, playmakers on defense. I thought, okay, you know, they're at home. They can slow break. Like if anybody's going to slow break down, it's probably going to be this Baltimore team. But uh, the defense of New England was really, uh, was really surprising to see them give up to Lamar Jackson too. Like you would have figured that they'd have like, really game plan and prepared for Omar Jackson, the rushing attack. But I mean, Mark Ingram had a hundred yard game. They did not take away Baltimore strong suit, which I always hear the Patriots take away the number one off the offense's number one threat, but they didn't do that in this game at all. So something to keep an eye on. I'm not sure who New England's got next week on their schedule, but it's another good team. I remember because like, okay. it's like this five, week stretch here, like starting with Baltimore, is going to be, like, they're actually playing decent competition. Okay, well, uh, that's good then. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's like, yeah, you know, starting, know starting with... I exact order, but I know, I know Philly and Dallas are two of the teams. Yeah, and the Chiefs Houston, are one of them, too. And the Chiefs. Houston's I in there, so. Yeah, no, this, this upcoming week, they're, they're on a bye week this week, actually. Okay. I just... But then week 11, they are playing... Uh, ooh, I want to say Houston. No, I don't think it's Houston yet. Okay. It's um, they're playing at Philadelphia. Oh yeah, so yeah. that'll be another uh, test for New England. But I mean, it was funny how I told Zach this earlier, but Al Michaels actually listening to him on the commentary because you know the Ravens pretty much dominated this game. I mean, two of New England's scores came off of you know these lucky turnovers that they got against the Ravens, like the muffed punt, and then Ingram fumbled, like, right before he went down. That was kind of fluky, but um, anyway, but they were saying how, you know, Al Michael said, oh, you had all these people, like, going into this game saying that, oh, the Patriots have played such an easy schedule, and, you know, they're not as good as everyone thinks, and I was thinking that maybe that was just, like, you know, some people trying to find blemishes on a Super Bowl team. But after this game, I might be in, you know, believing with them. They played a really good team and got destroyed. So <laughs> it was yeah, really interesting to see Al Michaels saying that. Yeah, I don't listen with the audio, so I don't know what they're saying because, you know, the Collinsworth thing. But um, <laughs> so I, we've so already I, talked about that. <laughs> unfortunately, there's no way to like mute one announcer, so I just I can't hear anybody. I can't so. I, I was not aware of that until he brought that up, but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be something to keep an eye on. Nate, I know, is not happy about that. 
really Connor was the only, you know, he was the only one that had his team win this week. Uh, yeah, well, that, so, it was funny. That was uh, Zach, shocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and the fact that you asked me during the game, you're like, who are you rooting for? And I said, oh, Baltimore easily. And you're like, what? But they're in your division. <laughs> I'm like, well, nope, still rooting for Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Hate the Patriots that much more. Yeah. <laughs> And well, especially since I told Zach, too, I was like, this wasn't like a division-deciding game or anything. Like, it wasn't if Baltimore won this game, then Pittsburgh was going to be out of the division race or anything. So, yeah. it didn't really, didn't really matter. Right. So, it's it's been a couple weeks since we brought to you the standings for the Clutch Group Sports Fantasy League. So, we want to hear at the end of the show, just bring the standings up on the screen. Uh, just talk the- about how, how bad Eric and I are doing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, me. The, the ranting podcasters could rant about his team. <laughs> well, see, I think it's hilarious how if okay, if you want to see like a little bit of how much how much bad luck I've had, I've scored more points than Zach, and Zach's in second place in his division, and I'm in last in mine. So I'm not I'm, yeah. I'm not attributing this to my team. I'm attributing this to really bad luck on my part because if you aside from Eric. Eric and I both have the highest points against. <laughs> this is um, this is on honestly. I don't. I like. I don't like my team, but and you can see I've scored like the least amount of second to least amount of points. Uh, but I have a five and three record, which brings up a lot of questions about fan. Like it's like it's so frustrating fantasy football because I've been in that situation like Connor, like pretty much every league I've ever been in. So this is like the only league I've ever been in where I've had like the benefit of an easy schedule, and I got that again this week, like playing the worst person. Uh, so yeah, I don't like my team to be honest with you. I'm not. I don't have that high expectations, even though I've got a huge, uh, I've got a pretty good record. I'll probably clinch the playoffs after this week. But um, but so in first place in. My division that I'm in is my friend Mark. He's seven and one. Might, might be losing. To, might be losing to me this it's week. It's close. It's yeah. It's a to be determined for this week. But I mean, it's going to be a situation, unfortunately, where you know more than likely, whichever one of us wins, it's going to be like you know we're going to be the top two scorers this week. So we would have beaten everybody except for the person we're playing. Oh unfortunately. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. That's like that's it's so wrong. I think because. I'm going to be the probably the third worst score and uh well I am going to be the third worst score and so um but I'm going to get a win. It's just fluky like that. I I don't like it to be honest. I like I I like having like the matchup against a person like you get to just focus your when you're watching the scores just against one person but I mean I can definitely sympathize with Connor's team uh and so Standings here, Mark's like seven, like I said, seven and one. In second place in that division is me. I'm at five and three. Uh, and then backdoor shenanigans is in fifth place. Like, oh, I forgot to say, I was in fourth place overall. And Eric is in sixth place at three and five. But the top six do make the playoffs in this uh, in this league, so he's got a chance still to make the playoffs. I think. Yeah, and if I if I lose the eleven disciples and Paul's team are probably well, Paul. If I lose, that means Paul will win. 
because I'm playing him. And then mm-hmm. 11 Disciples is probably going to win. So I would definitely drop to eighth place if I lose, which would put me in serious trouble. So you'll still yeah. be ahead of me. <laughs> we have a couple weeks left, though, and you do have you are going to probably have the points uh, tiebreaker over them. But definitely, I think for the division, I think you're out for the division if that's not already been mathematically determined. Um, uh, I have no. <laughs> I just I just got to try to get in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's pro- it's going to be between me and Mark for the division. I play Mark the final week, and uh, I'm going to need him to lose one more, and I'm going to have to win out for it to be a, a yeah. shot. That's but why even, Zach, that's why Zach's hoping I'm going to hold on yeah, this week. <laughs> it's going to be really hard though because. Uh, I, I I need Mark to lose to like somebody in our division too. Like if he loses to Connor and then if he loses to Eleven Disciples or someone like that, it's even better. But um, going up here to this other division with Connor and Nate, Red Squad, they are gonna lose. I want to say this week, right? Yeah, they will. Talk a uh, big game about going undefeated too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's gonna be seven and two, which is you know still gonna be really good, but. Uh, not going to be undefeated. He, he is first place in his division, second overall, so he still would get that bye. And then Nate is in second place in that division, third overall, with a 5-3 and three record like myself. And Paul's team is in third here in eighth place, so like just on the outs of the playoffs, but that will change after this week. And then Alan Spirit is in ninth overall, at going to be 2-7. and seven. And Connor's team here, Kevin's arrow's leg in tenth, like we just said earlier. But it's because I've, I've got a Jets player on my uh, <laughs> on my profile picture. That's why I'm doing so bad. Well, but then hey, again, Connor, you would, Nate, Nate you, does too. <laughs> you'll move up to ninth though if you win, because you'll pass Allen in the tiebreaker that, points. That's true. So you won't be in dead last if you win. Well, hey, <laughs> at least for and for my personal sake. If uh, I, w- I need Allen to lose two more games, so that way I won't be the owner of the largest losing streak. <laughs> well, sorry, sorry, man, because Allen can have like eight bad weeks in a row, but as soon as he plays me, he'll score like 227 points, and I'm playing him <laughs> next week. So that's so probably I'm, not going to happen. So my losing streak is is uh, largest losing streak is here to say is stay is what you're saying. Most likely. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like Mark's got the biggest winning streak right now at six games. That's uh, that's pretty hopefully, impressive. But it's on the that's line. to come to an end. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, just looking here at the moves people have made, trying to see if there's any correlation with... I mean, I guess, like, the the people who have made the most moves are at the top. One, two, three. That's interesting. Um, but then you've got Connor, who's made the fourth most, and he's in last, so... It's interesting to look at that. Backdoor shenanigans only made one move this season. Kind of surprised they're even four and four with that, but maybe they just drafted really well. I don't know. I mean, I've seen teams that have like you know gone. That I, there was a person that I played with one time who didn't even touch their team, and they still somehow managed to finish like you know <laughs> third place. Wow. Like, even, on, like, even on their bye weeks, they didn't touch their team, and I'm like, how did you manage to like do this? <laughs> I'm so yeah. confused. <clears throat> so. With that being said, guys, we will wrap this episode up here. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you are listening to this and you were, uh, you found this through Eric, 
as one of the his two subvember uh recruits i guess uh yeah we, we definitely appreciate it we we thank you for listening and uh good job on eric for recruiting you guys into the clutch crew sports uh fan base i guess i would say uh you know so if you found us on twitch if you found us on twitter instagram facebook just let us know where where you found us from uh we we definitely like to hear and figure out what's working for recruiting people to come to our channel so we'd appreciate that but thank you guys all for listening take care bye peace